Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, the i365, iHeartRadio. We have five-time Grammy Award winner, icon in music, and not only just in music, but TV, film, everything. He's taken over every lane in the game. Dungeon Family Zone, Goody Mob Zone. CeeLo Green joins me here on the show today. CeeLo Green, how's it going, man? Peace, King. I'm alive and well, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. What do you got planned for today? I know you had some commitments yesterday. You've been doing a lot of things as far as performances go. Yeah, actually, man, you know I'm hands-on with all of the particulars, and um, we're about to um, embark upon maybe like a three, four-week run. So I'm just kind of, you know, doing some domestic errand running, you know, running around Atlanta with the wife. Uh, you know, I'll be doing um, styling with her, I mean, like for the band. So, you know, we're doing a big a big festival in, in Brazil in September. Um, it's called Rock and Rio. So, you know, we be coming out getting the, the wardrobe and everything. You know what I mean? So, yeah, one of them days. Putting it on for Atlanta, one of the greatest to ever do it. And you remember going back in the days to Atlanta when it was called Little Miami. Right. Yeah, I was just watching an um, a interview with a, with a local platform on Beehive. And um, Beehive, my man Wicked from Ghetto Mafia. Shout out to the East Side. Shout out to the, the OGs. You know what I'm saying? Like Ghetto Mafia. And there was having a debate with, with, with a gentleman. Can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, apparently he was around during that era. And yeah, you know what I'm like that's from the Miami boys. Hey, <laughs> OG, what's happening? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so he was, yeah. So when Miami boys came up here with the work, you know what I'm saying, and all of that, it was definitely a war between Atlanta and the Miami boys. What's up, OG? What's up? Hey, man, that's OG Chris, man. We on the side. What's going on, OG man? Chris? How's it going? I like the hat you got there. See, he's getting you a good story, man. Yeah. yeah. How we went Miami boys out of Atlanta, man. That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So definitely, man. Yeah. Um. But yeah, right. You know, shortly after that, they was calling it a little Miami. And I think it was a little, um, it was a little condescending, if you will. But uh, it was a connection, you know, culturally. And then it was also a connection with the music. Um. But one of the peacemakers, I got to say, man, was Uncle Luke. Shout out, shout out to Luke Skywalker. He signed our elder statesman artist. MC Shy D. Shy D, you know what I'm saying? So that was a bridge. And, you know, under the underbelly of that was the street war that was going on. But, you know, the top tier of that situation was the music and the connection we was making. So, you know, it all ultimately ended up in love, as you know. You know, um, as a matter of fact, I'm on the way to Tampa tomorrow doing a gig down there honoring Trick Daddy uh, for his 25th year anniversary my man represent Dade County. You know how far we go back. You know, so it's a lot of love over the years. Your parents were ministers, and your mother was real close with Ali Pat. He's a radio legend down in Atlanta, and he gave you some a box of 45s listening to B.B. King. Did you ever think from that moment that eventually you would have your own 45s and even vinyls and tapes and all that to come and be a legendary artist in your own right? I really didn't, man. That's funny that you, that you, that you speak on my mother, man. God bless and rest her. Peace and my condolences. I'm actually... Right here. So I'm in Greenbrier Mall in southwest Atlanta, Georgia. This is home. I spent so much of my life here because my mother actually owned a, a, a store here uh, with a business. It was called Elegant Bridal. So she owned a wedding uh, supply store where you could get your, your um, you could do your limousine rental, your event space, your wedding dress, your tuxes. So she did all of that, you know, from proms to weddings you know, and gala events and things of that nature. So look, I'm going to turn the camera around. If you see, it's a nail salon there now. Wow. And my my man, Chris, who I, I know if you, you might have noticed he had an apron on, but he's a barber right here at the barbershop next door. They used to cut my hair when I was kids. Wow. So my mother owned this store right here. 
and I'm with the wife over here in this store grabbing women's clothes for my female background singers. So I'm in the neighborhood, man, as always. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's love for life. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, my mother was really good friends with Ali Pat, um, Boxer 45s. You know, I grew up off the likes of B.B. Of, of, of King, Bobby Blue Bland, uh, Coco Taylor, ZZ Hill. It was all that old good, you know, uh, blues music. So it definitely gave me um, a mature taste in music. So, like, if you hear any any of that reminiscent and what I've been able to do, you know what I mean, then you know exactly where, where it originates from. Speaking of other music influences, Melly Mel, you think he he has the greatest rhyme of all time in the end of Beach Street. It's legendary, of course. But other influences that you have, you loved heavy metal and rock and roll. I've heard you state Billy Joel, Elton John, and Iron Maiden. Judas Priest is some major influences for you as well. Thanks. Yeah, man. When I think of um, when I think of frontmen, I think of the the impact of um, heavy metal music. You know, in the eighties, um, and there, there was there was not much else outside of the universality of 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 of, of rock metal um, and crossover pop. You know, uh, universal music. You, you know, what I'm saying like you know the rap um, subculture at that time was really small and maybe insignificant, but it was uh, bubbling under, you know what I'm saying? So um, the first images, you know, and the first things that I fell in love with, you know, was was um, the plasmatics, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, Van Halen, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, the Sex Pistols, you know, I, I just, we love, we all love David Lee Roth because David Lee Roth, you know, say he had that, that kind of, he's one of the greatest all time front man for a rock band ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know if nobody's better than David Lee Roth. You know what I'm saying? So, but the fact that, you know, he, he was a he was a black belt in kung fu, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was that dope kind of, you know, oxymoron, you know what I'm saying, like about him that gave me the sense that you could do something that showcased your sense and your sensibility, but it could also be strength you know, and masculinity as well. You know what I mean? So, like, he was, like, the total package, and that's kind of what gave me my flair for fashion and exuberance and excellence and all of that. Goody Mob goes back to the days of you being in high school together. I know some of the members have grown up around your area, and they graduated with your sister because you were a freshman when the other members of Goody Mob graduated from high school. You eventually joined them, and you even have given a great history on Big Duddy coining the term Goody Mob. Big Duddy, man. Um, and we lost my big homie, man, um, some months back, man. I want to say um, like eight months ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, man. Rest in peace to the big homie. And, um, yeah, you know, he definitely he definitely coined the term Goody Mob. And, you know, we, we took that. We took that pack. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? And, you know. We hit the hole with it, man, like for, for the win. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. And, and all of the big bros, man. Cujo, Big Gip, T-Mo. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's doing doing very well, I must say, man. I just actually watched them all perform last night, you know, in Atlanta's own East Point. Uh, we do a thing, you know, called the East Point uh, Wind Down Wednesdays. And uh, Big Boy was headlining the set on this particular occasion. We've already done it as Goody Mob uh, twice. So, you know, I just went out in the audience, man. I just wanted to enjoy it as a fan. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know the homies was going to get up on stage because I hadn't spoken to everybody. I just, like, you know, wanted to pull up. You know what I mean? Like, to show my love and support. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dope. 
it, it was interesting hearing you in the past speak about fighting for civil rights for the Southern hip hop artists. Do you feel as though in the end making it with Goody Mob and then at debuting with Outkast that you were able to fight for the civil rights of Southern hip hop? Oh, my bad. What'd you say? Oh, yes. I remember in the past, you've spoken about it before, about fighting for the civil rights of Southern hip hop artists and how what you were wearing fashion wise was a flaunt. Do you feel as though that you were able to overcome and put civil rights and put Southern hip hop artists on the map and overcome the issues that were going on there? Yeah, man, you know, there was it was those cultural misappropriations and and bias, you know, industrially and otherwise, you know, and, um, you know, we we definitely, you know, put the flag in the ground um, for Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the South, you know, at large was establishing itself with the likes of Luke Skywalker, you know, in Florida, you know, Master P, uh, Baby, and, 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 and Slim, you know what I mean? Like in New Orleans. And then also, of course, you know, the almighty, you know, uh, OG, you know, capital J Prince, you know what I'm saying, in Houston. So, you know, at the time, we wasn't even really considering ourselves aligned you know, be, you know, just us being just naturalist, you know what I'm saying? You know, I didn't really, I, we, we didn't draw the boundary line between the South and the North or Midwest or what have you. Uh, so we, we were met with those reservations and, um, you know, and then, but it was because of that circumstance that gave us a sense, sense of self and purpose. And that encouraged the attitude, the stance and the progressive, you know, like, uh, forward motion. You know I'm saying like, you know, of what we were what we were trying to accomplish and our perspective on it. That's what it was all about. You wanted to destroy establishment when you came into the game. So how did it feel to do the complete opposite when coming in and you gained all this commercial success in the end? Yeah, something, you know what, man, something intentional and something innate is two different dynamics. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I came in with some intent, you know, um, um, with my political um, posturing, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, my, my, my personal opinions on this side of the third, but innately I was already affected by music at large. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and um, I'm just not, I'm not racist and I'm not a separatist. You know what I mean? Like I'm a humanist. You know what I mean, like, and so um, that was really discovered or rediscovered when I had the opportunity to join forces with Danger Mouse and Nas Walkley came about. And I was able to just kind of like, you know, expound and embellish you know, on an understanding, not an understanding, you know what I'm saying, you feel me, um, of roots and culture, you know what I mean, like, and commerce, you know what I mean, so like, you know, just innately, um, with all of the ingredients, you know, I just had that connectivity, how much is it? It just take all my money, just take it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you have plenty of alter egos out there, and, and people have even called <laughs> you Nars Barkley. Did that answer that? Oh, yes, way? you did. You did. Yeah, yeah. Narles Barkley, you have so many alter egos out there. Was there anyone that you looked up to growing up, such as maybe Zev Love X and MF Doom? Then you see what Cool Keith has done over the years with Black Elvis and Dr. Octagon. Was there any other artists out there that inspired you to take the route of alter egos, or that was just yeah. something you came up on your own way? Shouts out to Cool Keith, man. Papa Lodge, big shot on the East Coast. I just bumped into him days ago, man. Wow. Uh, you know, on Orchard, you know what I'm saying, near Delancey, because I was out there doing some shopping. You know, man, I'm an enthusiast, man, and I, I'm a, I'm really, you know, I'm a student ahead, a as we said, in our time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really knowing about the dates, times, events, places, you know, and monuments. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's one of them. He's one of them dudes, man, that inspired me. Like, uh, Ultra Magnetic, of course, you know, that was fly. 
you know, with the custom made MCM joint, something like, you know, on the album cover. So I remember that. Shouts out to San G, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, but yeah, with the aliases, yeah, he's he's definitely one of the first ones to do it. Um, you know, but then, you know, just kind of like artists with that chameleon-esque type of quality, you know, like David Boy or Madonna, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, people that just kind of continue to like uh, reinvent themselves. On some rap shit, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, you know, felt like, you know, I was multifaceted as far as my ability, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, I thought that it was all centralized in one place, meaning in the, you know, the the core of, of the individual artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, in that individual account, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't realize that, you know, each, you know, um, reincarnation is basically like a subsidiary of a larger corporation. So like every, every, I, every, all, uh, uh, Alter ego has its own tax ID. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is its own business. You know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. And so and so basically, when I'm when I'm in that mode, I'm focused on that, and that's what I am. I mean, like I think before I am. When I'm Nas Barkley, trust me, like I'm Nas Barkley. You know what I'm saying like when I'm CeeLo Goody, the baby brother. You know what I'm saying like out of the Four Horsemen. You know what I'm saying you know like that's me. You know what I mean? Like and so baby, that's that's my superpower, man. I know how to get big. I know how to get gigantic. I know how to get enormous. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but never to be overwhelming. You, know you feel me? And I know how to get, you know, I know how to get small. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to be humble as well, too. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't write records to sell, but they'll sell because I write them. That's something that you said in the past. <laughs> Crazy is going on to be just a phenomenal hit, groundbreaking for you in your career. Prince has even said that he told you when you went out to Las Vegas that that record scared me. Yeah. He did, man. And to be totally honest, man, like, it's surreal to be able to reaccount that. Like, golly, that really happened in my lifetime, man. Sitting there having a conversation uh, casually, you know, with Prince, you know what I mean? Like, the master, the sensei, you know what I mean? Like, of whom I had so much reverence and respect for telling me something I said scared him. I'm like, huh? You know what I mean? But it's a beautiful memory, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, so... You know, at first, I didn't really know how to even take it, you know, but he definitely meant it complimentary, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was just matter of fact, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, scared in the in the, in the context of, you know, like, times are changing. Like, you mean, like, this is different. This is the new, this is the new wave. This is the new direction, um, you know? And and maybe it's that Gemini in nature, too, like, because even for me, in that moment, he knew how to get small for me, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? Like, Cause this is Prince. I mean, you feel me? Like, and in that he continued to show me love and gave me that mentorship. You know what I'm saying? You know, we just kept in contact. You I mean, he stayed on my line like a real person and it's no different than me. Like people see this eccentric character, you know, and all of that, but you know, we do that, man. We, we arts majors, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what we do for a living, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, um, if, if I told you that we was normal, Nobody would, would believe it. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? No. Because they do too many exceptional and remarkable things. So, like, let's go ahead and embrace, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, that as fact as well. You know what I mean? And, you know, so, yeah, I embrace that. 
you've been there throughout major times in history, just recording with TLC for the waterfalls being in the background there for the vocals. But you had a close relationship with Biggie and he actually wanted you to be on Ready to Die originally because he told you, I like your style. And unfortunately, you were there the night that Biggie was killed. And and Gip was like, it just doesn't feel right in here. Let's get out of here. And unfortunately, he was killed later that night. Have you ever thought about doing something posthumous with Big and reaching out to Puffy? Because I know you have a great relationship with writing for him. You know what, bro? I really don't know what else could be done. You know what I'm saying? But for the brother to just be able to rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, with justice on this untimely and unfortunate murder. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's funny, because I was just looking at another documentary. I had never seen a brand new one on Hulu yesterday. And I was like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, it was, you know, it was informative. It gave some different images, some different perspectives from different people who, who, has, who they're speaking for the first time. So, you know, I mean, like, but not to not to put a dark cloud over this situation, but, you know, like, it doesn't it doesn't have closure. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? But, like, it does still offer us that uncanny kind of opportunity to, to continue to celebrate, man. And, like, you know, um, the legacies kind of live on in, in a bit of an infamy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that F.U. was going to be the major hit for you once you were writing it? Because I heard the story about you and Bruno Mars being in the studio and you said, I got to go to the bathroom. And you walked out on him before he became Bruno Mars. Did you know that this was going to be the groundbreaking number one hit for you? For It just exploded everywhere. It's an anthem at this point. Yo, Bruno, Bruno probably tell people don't ask him about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause I've never seen an interview where, the, where he was able to confirm or deny that. You know what I'm saying? But, it's, it's definitely the truth, you know what I'm saying? Um, and again, I never I never mentioned that to be uh, disrespectful toward him. I got a lot of respect and love for them, uh, obviously. But um, yeah, um, that's the way that it that it happened. And um, no, nah, I did, man. I had no idea. I, w- I wouldn't even no. I swear to God, I did. <laughs> the voice was also something that people know you for. You were doing a performance at SNL and Mark Burnett was in the audience and he was watching you and he said that he saw some potential in you. Do you remember the exact words that he told you to get you on The Voice? Nah, um, because we didn't speak at SNL. Um, He reached out via management and um, was basically loosely describing the concept of a show uh, would have been the first of its kind, this, that, or the third, and wanted to see he told told me who he had in mind, and um, me, um, myself, Blake, Adam, and Christina, we all went and had dinner together uh, at the Soho House in L.A. We talked, and me and Adam had already been introduced. I actually went to uh, a birthday party for Adam before we even met. Um, I don't even know how I ended up up there, but... It was at the Chateau, one of the old school uh, suites or whatever. And I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking at the time when I used to smoke, I'm having a cigarette, looking at the, the, uh, looking at the city, you know what I mean, all lit up, you know, like when having one of them L.A. moments, you know what I'm saying? And he, I, I, somebody walks up behind me and he says, CeeLo Green, one of the greatest soul vocalists of our time. I turn around and it's him. I was like, oh, shit. So, you know, we hit it off immediately. And then, so fast forward, we having this meeting. And he was like, yo, CeeLo, like, what do you think about this? Like, you know, I ain't going to do it if he don't do it, you know. And I was like, no, nah, it's, it's dope. I like it. So, like, pretty much that was it. And, you know, the rest is, is truly history.
It is. And, and people still remember you to this day on that show, even though you've been off the show for years. And we know why you went off because they wanted to play musical chairs and they didn't want the format to get stale. But there have been some conversations I've heard that you all could potentially get back together. Yeah, we did talk about it, man, a, a year or so back. And I think maybe if it had not been for um, the pandemic, you know, what I mean, of 2020, we may have been that much closer to it, you know, because it was around that time that I was, you know, there was a whisper about possibly getting everybody back together, which would be great. You know, um, I would love to do it. I think it, I think it would be phenomenal. I think it would shoot through the roof. It would. I, I know it would. It definitely would. It would get the viewers back up. Yeah, and you know, um, you know, I'm ready to show out. I'm saying, like, cause I do what I do for TV, baby. <laughs> you do. It, it, say, if the voice it didn't pan out and the conversations continued didn't pan out, would you start a similar type of platform on your own of the voice and picking out the next biggest talent in hip hop and R and B and just all genres? Well, the music variety shows, I think you know that lane was just starting to get a little predictable. You know I mean, like, and and. In, in, you know, and congested. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I've had offers, and we've sat down and had discussions about doing something similar, um, but nothing really had that magic, you know, um, that I was able to have the foresight in seeing the concept for the voice, you know? Yeah. So if somebody come to me that, that could beat it, then yeah, like we give it a shot. You gave so many opportunities for up-and-coming artists on that show, on The Voice. Who would you say when you were first starting out, even in your group, it could, it could be in group and even solo career. We look at L.A. Reid back in the day when you were LaFace Records. Who would you say pressed that button and turned around the chair for you? Who do, who's that person in your career? Oh, um, that person is Joy Gilliam. That person is Eric Badu. That person is Lauren Hill. That person is L.A. Reid, of course. Uh, and that person is Rico Wade. Quitting's come across your mind plenty of times, and it's too far to turn back now. Has there been a time that you've considered giving up in this industry at any point? Um, you know, it's a, it's a fine line between giving up and going on, you know? So I could never give up. I mean, like, because, you know, music and, um, you know, expression creativity you know that's my that's my vitality i gotta i have to be able to do it in some capacity you know so uh, but will i go on to do bigger and better things um or will i level out you know that kind of remains to be seen i mean like i feel like i'm at a cruising altitude um you know and it doesn't have to be turbulent to know that you're going places you know uh it, it doesn't have to be turbulent uh to know that you're at a height you know so it's smooth, man. I like it. I like it up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. But you've been managed to reinvent yourself plenty of times. And recently, this year, The King and I, for Elvis, you were able to collaborate with Eminem. Come on, man. Yo, that's the bro, man. Um, you know, our relationships go all the way back uh, to Slaughterhouse. You know, um, me and Royce is really good friends. We damn near like this. Um, you know, all of the homies from D12, Bizarre, the homies. You know, um, yeah, we got we got history. So it was dope to finally get that opportunity. Not only get that opportunity, but get that call. You know what I mean? I was like, what? <laughs> God. What do you think is your definition and key to longevity in this game, despite reinventing yourself throughout multiple decades now? Man. 
love is a given. I think you gotta. I think you gotta like a thing more. You gotta like what comes with the territory. You you go, you're gonna love it. You know what I'm saying? Like without even thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, love is not a thought. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, love is an innateness, a, a knowing, a confidence, uh, and a, a certainty, an assurance. You know, to like it. You know what I'm saying? Like is you know something giving back to you. Uh, reciprocating and matching your energy as consistently as you offer yourself. You know what I mean? So that's the that's the relationship you have with it. You know what I mean? So I like it. I still like to do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I, and and why would you like something that you're still good at, man? I ain't even. I don't even feel like I did the half, man. Like you know, sometimes I'd be like, yo, you become a elder statesman. You know what I mean? Like you know, of course we all age, and you know, hopefully we can we can do things that we can grow old gracefully. Um, with you know, and I'm glad with, with the music of, um, and you know my 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 catalog thus far, you know I can I'm gonna be able to do CeeLo Green as Thomas Callaway, man. Like you know when I'm 60, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. God willing, I'm gonna be able to do Goody Mob because it's respectable, it's honorable. You know what I'm saying? You know, so um, never have I really did the trends, you know, or or followed the followed the crowds, you know. No. They they say when two people thinking alike, somebody ain't thinking, you know. <laughs> but but you manage exactly. You don't stick with the trends at all. You have something coming up with the Go Go's that are an upcoming album that you're working on, and you, you, something that you've mentioned in the past is that if you could do something differently, you would want to take your lyricism and do a lyrical album and do something to the next level. Is that on the way as far as an album goes? So check this out. I'm 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 a free agent, right? You know what I'm saying? Um. So I can do, and I do do, a, a system, what I like to call it, the one-man Wu-Tang. <laughs> Meaning, I can do multiple projects at once, I'm saying, as long as they don't conflict in terms of scheduling. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you do have to commit yourself for, you know, and allot yourself enough time, you know, to maximize the window of opportunity, you know what I mean, like, and focus on one project at a time, of course. So, you know... I got a number of different things that I've started. I got material here, there, you know, it's like a, it's like a love train, man. Like with the different, you know, um, what you call them? Uh, the different cars. And it's like, Oh yeah. It's, it's all, it's all in transit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it'll, it'll all get to its destination, you know, uh, at the same point. You know what I'm like, you know, would be, you know, um, so I got, I get impulsive. I might do something like I did an all go go album. I did, um, and I'm doing some rap shit too. Like you know, uh, the go go album was called DC Low, um, and then I was I wanted to get on some old school East Coast boom bap type shit, and I was gonna call that Low Dega. You know what I'm saying? Like a playoff of uh, a Bodega. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you know we is you know we we up all night, man. Got what you need. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> have fun with it. I'm doing a project with DJ Mud from Cypress Hill right now, man, called Cholo. Oh, wow. Ooh. That's big time. Oh, you're going to be putting lyricism back on the map here. I got to, man, because to me, that's the missing link. That That's the one aspect of myself and of my uh, my war chest that I didn't, I, I, ain't, I ain't fire off enough rounds. You know what I'm saying? You know, that that's what people tell me, like, you know, I just felt like I was killing it, you know, so when I was young. I'm like, man, it's so much other stuff I could do that I want to just be able to go and do and do well. And I think I, I think I proved my point. 
No, you definitely have. Just all the way back from Soul Food from when you started out, getting back with Goody Mob and Survival Kit, just to tie ends there and just keep going on and just forming your way here in the 2020 here in this next decade. You got plenty of TV opportunities that you have on the way. You've already done plenty of accolades and achievements. Hotel Transylvania with Murray the Mummy. What, what can we expect for you in this next decade besides album work and even TV opportunities that you want to speak on? It's the rap shit. And then it's also um, that I want to what I, that I want to readdress, and I want to I want to serve that. I mean, like I want to I want to service that audience. Um, I never gave them that full length rap record that the game deserves. It's coming. Uh, it, it's definitely coming. And then also, I. Um, and I probably want to explore acting. I haven't really done a lot of acting, but I could, though. You know, so I was just talking to my, my agent about that the other day, man. I haven't done enough of it. What's the role you would love to explore? Man, you know, me personally, I enjoy comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my other joy in life is to make people laugh, man. You know, uh, but, you know, I could get on some gangster shit, you know what I'm like, 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 um, I've had some crazy offers too, man. Like, I'm gonna put this out there, man, because it's so dope. But I, I couldn't really do it because, like, I ain't that good of an actor. But you know, I got offered to do the, the story of Sylvester. You know what I'm saying? Wow, isn't that awesome? That is. All, all respects to him and his legacy, but I'm like, man, I don't know if I can pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, like, I think that, um it was dope that somebody took me into consideration and thought enough of me, you know, because what would prompt somebody to ask me to do something so avant-garde and, you know, um, extraordinary because I haven't done it. I don't have a repertoire. I mean, like, you know, in acting. So, you know, that would be a big deal for anybody to do. I mean, like, especially someone as untrained as I am. But I'm sure you will, you'll definitely conquer it because you've conquered everything that's come across in your career thus far. CeeLo Green, congratulations on everything that you've achieved this far. Thank you all that you've done for hip hop, R&B and music as a whole. You're truly an icon and one of a kind and on the Mount Rushmore for me. Thank you, my King. I appreciate you. Of course. And they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at CeeLo Green. Yes, please. Yep. Thank you again for coming on the show. Shout out to your publicist for setting us up. You're welcome. Anytime. Raggedy Ann. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We don't need another hero. Yeah, no, no. And speaking of heroes, is this Marvel deal ever going to come to fruition once you crash the Grammy party with that costume? Because you could have been an egg game. So you 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 heard about that? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, dog, I mean, that was just an honor. I'm, I'm glad that I can just state that for the record as a fact. You know, you know that was enough. Just the, just the thought is enough. Um, I don't know if it ever will. Um but I never say never. So never, never say never. Yeah. <laughs> See you little green. Keep going and being an inspiration, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Stay safe. I'm looking forward to everything you have on the way. No doubt. Ken. Peace out. Peace.